By June 9th, the worst of the occupation seemed to be over. The mayor had just called an end to the state of emergency imposed after the riotous Victoria Day long weekend when native occupiers destroyed a Hydro One transformer, plunging much of the county into darkness. The Argyle Street barricade, which for 33 days blocked traffic on Caledonia's main drag, had been down for almost two weeks. The financial assistance office set up by the provincial government for businesses affected by the blockade was open, and a fragile calm appeared to have been restored. The situation wasn't normal by any stretch, even by Caledonia's deteriorating standards, but there was reason to hope. In fact, on June 8th, Michael Pullen, the Haldeman County Tourism Manager, sent out a giddy email announcing that the province had approved the final chunk of money for a $210,000 media campaign for the beleaguered town and burbling cheerfully about some outstanding fishing photos that had been taken for the print ads. Caledonia, close by but a world away, was the slogan of a publicity offensive designed to highlight the area's bucolic charms and improve the town's image. It was the classic government response to trouble. In the absence of actually fixing the problem, mount a public relations operation. At the start of the season that Environment Canada was later to declare Southern Ontario's Goldilocks summer because of its just right amounts of sun and rain, this day dawned cool and overcast. Before 1 p.m., three of the most alarming episodes of the entire occupation, each more violent than the last, occurred within two hours. All took place off the occupied site and well beyond any legitimacy arguably afforded the occupiers by the disputed land claim. These incidents happened instead on a public road, in a busy parking lot, and in a pleasant subdivision, in front of citizens left disbelieving, enraged, or weeping. In all three events, OPP officers were not only present, but also tantalizingly close to the action, well-positioned to intervene. Yet, with one exception... The police did nothing. They failed to assist six of the eight victims, including one of their own, a fellow OPP constable. They made no arrests. They chased no perpetrator. They prevented no crime. And in one instance, either outright enabled by handing over the keys or allowed the theft of a car. It all began when Keta and Günther Golke, then 68 and 66 respectively, decided to go for what Mr. Golke calls a fun drive. Both retired, they live in Simcoe, a country town spread low and thin, as though there isn't enough of it to fill the space, about forty clicks southwest of Caledonia, in the neighboring county of Norfolk. The couple was heading towards Hamilton when, at the last minute, instead of hopping onto the Highway 6 bypass that skirts the town, they turned right onto Argyle Street, the main street through Caledonia. It occurred to me, after hearing so much about that Indian problem there, I wanted to see what it's all about, what this property is all about, Mr. Gilke says. He slowed their cream-colored Ford Taurus as they pulled even with Douglas Creek Estates and had a good long gander at the site across the street. Suddenly, a motorcycle came flying up towards them. Why are they driving so fast, he thought to himself as he pulled over to the shoulder and stopped to let the bike pass but it drew up to his window, so he rolled it partway down. A furious woman in motorcycle leather said, Is there a problem? 
and then let fly a torrent of verbal abuse, accusing them of coming to look at the bad Indians. This I don't need, Mr. Goka snapped and floored it. The minute I stepped on the gas, all hell broke loose, he says. From the ditches, a whole pile of First Nations came out trying to stop us. But the car was already moving. In fact, some of the natives were so close, he was afraid he'd hit somebody. And he hightailed it into Caledonia. At the Canadian Tire parking lot just up the road, he spotted an OPP cruiser, drove right to it, and was trying to explain to the officer inside what was going on when two pickup trucks and some cars materialized beside them. From these vehicles, more than a dozen people, some in camouflage pattern gear, came running, surrounded the car, and began jumping on the hood, whooping. Quickly, the crowd around them grew to about 20. They were trying to bang on the windows, open her, Kete's, door, but it was all locked, fortunately, Mr. Gilka says.